I knock on his door and he uh, he he ushers me in. And I said, Coach, my name is Brian Piccolo. I want to wrestle for Michigan State. And he goes, Sit down. And I was like, This is this is where he goes. Yeah, thanks, but no thanks. And he goes, Tell you what, we have a, an open door policy to walk-ons, and if you can survive preseason, you can stay in the team. And so I shake his hand. I'm like, oh, thank you, coach. Thank you, thank you. And so I leave. And then in my head, it just like rewinds back to all you got to do is survive. Nobody in my family ever wrestled. But because of what wrestling has done for me, I wanted that for my kids. To, to feel the, the hard work and to, to put all of your efforts in to something knowing that it still might not be enough and to, to feel to be cliche the, the agony of defeat and to to have to rise above that and to that there, there's so many things uh, as far as making good strong mentally tough human beings that, that wrestling does I was like they're gonna have to do it The, the ego gets in the way, and so that's one of the, the biggest problems that I see is is guys will come start training, and then we'll, we'll do force on force. We, we go live. I, to do a technique, slow motion is great initially, but then if you can't do it when somebody doesn't want you to and they're physically fighting you, then it's, you know, it's all conception and no, no realism. And so <laughs> we go live, we go hard. And so they get exposed as to their weaknesses and then they would rather live in denial than come back and go, I need, I need to shore that stuff up. You're listening to the ATO Bridging the Divide podcast. Brought to you by the Assist the Officer Foundation. Since 1999, the ATO has given assistance to the first responder community. And now we want to give them a platform to hear their incredible stories. We also want to hear the stories of the many people that support us. Our community is small, but it is strong. We have differences. We don't always agree. And we all make mistakes. But together we can grow. We can heal. And we can learn from those mistakes. And together we can bridge the divide. Welcome, ATO listeners. Joe, Randy, and I are sitting at the mics with a 20-year veteran from Oklahoma City PD. I was hoping he would arrive wearing his motor jock boots <laughs> and maybe a wrestling singlet accented with a crisp judo gi. That looked good, right? Perfect. <laughs> All right. Our guest walked on at Michigan State University Wrestling and grinded his way to a Big Ten championship and two-time All-American status. He coached wrestling at University of Oklahoma, Boomer, before he hired on with Oklahoma City PD. During his tenure at OKC, he has SWAT sniper experience, narcotics, detective, and defensive tactics and firearms instructor roles. He is currently a motor jock, our first on the show. In 2008, he made the Olympic trial finals for the USA judo team, and he considers this a hobby. <laughs> he married Becky, who I played high school basketball with, and they produced three badass athletes and academics. Did they get that from Becky? 
the the athletics or the academics? <laughs> <clears throat> I think she would claim both, uh, but she can definitely have the academics. Okay. His two sons wrestle for OU, and his daughter plays soccer for the Pokes up in Stillwater. Our guest is resilient and determined, and his Michigan State quest alone will motivate you. He models and inspires optimism, proven in his parenting, his Oklahoma City recruits he mentored, and the thousands of young wrestlers he's impacted. Please welcome Brian Picklow. Can I call you Pick? That's what everybody calls me. Yes. Welcome. Pick. Thank you. Pick. Thank yep. you for coming on. Oh, thank you. No, welcome to Dallas. <clears throat> yeah, our first Oklahoma City PD. I'm honored. Shout out. I'm honored. I Absolutely. grew up Southside Oklahoma City before I went to Mustang. Okay, so first things first. What motorcycle, in your opinion, is the best policing motorcycle? Well, I, I have limited experience because I've only been on two different ones. And uh, I, I went through our motor school on the, on the Harley, on the Road King. And then we, shortly after the school, we went away from Harley and went to BMW. And the BMW are far and away way better for what we do. And so I, I'm... I'm, I'm a big fan of, of the BMW. Bougie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we're fancy up in <laughs> OKC. We, we, we ride Harleys. Uh, we started with Kawasaki's. Yeah. That, I, back in the 70s, we had Kawasaki's. Yeah. And then they went to Harley's, and then just recently we went to the to the BMW, and so very cool. Um, yeah, I I love it. It's a uh, it, it's it's a fun. It's I'm, yeah, I've had a bunch of different jobs on the on the force, and this is I, I think this is one of the funnest ones I've ever. I've ever we'll got we'll, to we'll do. talk about them. All right, I just right. had to get it out of the way. If and you the, ask our our motor jocks, to say they hate the. The Harleys that they, they have. Yeah, they look good, but... And, and they're comfortable for a long ride, but just for what we do, getting in and out of traffic is just not... It, it's The the BMW is like way more athletic. It, it feels like more like a mountain bike, so... Okay, the other thing is, I have to get this out of the way. Vision Quest. <laughs> what? <laughs> Greatest all-time movie. <laughs> if it's on, everything stops. <laughs> so I have to ask a couple questions. The pegboard... Yeah, we we've got several pegboards in our in our wrestling room yeah. right now. Yeah, so that's that's a real thing. No, oh, that's a real thing. Yeah. Okay, well, and what about the nosebleeds, blowing iron? What are your thoughts on that? Is that real? Uh, yeah, <laughs> our, our sport is the only sport where you have a designated timeout for blood. Like we have an injury time clock and then a separate clock for blood. Like if you're if you're bleeding, <clears throat> um, uh, they, they they start the 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 blood clock and so. Yeah, it's 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 not uncommon for for guys to get nosebleeds, and you know it's it's a pretty physical in your face sport. So, it's a gladiator sport. Yeah, and so you know people are getting busted in the nose all the time. So that and you know as far as just being really dehydrated and stuff, I mean I think they probably took a little poetic license with that, okay. but uh, but I mean. Heck, everybody gets nosebleeds at some point. So, I mean, they, it's it's pretty real. Okay, so you started wrestling your junior year in high school? I started, yeah, mid, midway through my junior year. Isn't that kind of behind the curve in the it, wrestling world? I was, yeah, I, I was way behind. And, um, uh, like, my kids started when they were six and eight. Um, so, yeah, I was a, a decade behind. Um I uh, this is, I was a swimmer, 
before <laughs> I was a wrestler. My, uh, my I, stepbrother, not built like me, very different body type, uh, tall, skinny, built like a swimmer. But I did what Big Brother did. He, he was a competitive swimmer, so I would go. And if you can imagine me in a Speedo, it does not. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it does not. Like, there's no way that Gorilla should be wearing it. So we were hoping you'd wear that today in here. Yeah, something. <laughs> well, t- tell, the, tell the listeners what weight you wrestled at in, in, in college. Uh, I, I wrestled 190. So they get a good image. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not a little guy. But so I, I, I was, I was a swimmer all growing up and I saw swimming, uh, the summer in between my sophomore or I'm sorry, I saw wrestling in between my, my sophomore and junior year was the same venue that I had a swim meet. So, and I thought, man, that, that looks really cool. I think I would like that. And then never thought about it again until midway through my junior year. I'm, I'm in the weight room and the wrestling coach comes down and he's like, Hey, you look like a wrestler. And I was like, Oh yeah, I, I was totally going to wrestle this year. Like I, I forgot about it. And then he's like, ah, you should come out. And so, um, I, I just on a whim in the middle of my junior year, I decided to, you know, drop swimming and, and start wrestling it for me. Swimming was, I didn't get the enjoyment from it. Like, like my brother did. Um, it was like, okay, I don't drown as fast as somebody else. You what know, event? uh, I, in swimming, swimming, yeah. I swam, I swam the sprints, 50 free, hundred free, a uh, hundred fly. And then a relay. So, I mean, I was, you know, I'm not built for distance, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I could kind of motorboat. It was kind of like, you know, but I wasn't a torpedo. It was more like a tugboat. I pushed a lot of water. <laughs> so, uh, and it was, it was an easy switch for me. And I'm so glad I did it because my entire life has changed because of that decision. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I start wrestling midway through my, my junior year. And I was wildly mediocre. I mean, you're coming into, and, and we were we were a big school too. So, you're coming into a a really tough sport that people have been wrestling for you know, a good decade before that, you know, into, into their high school years. And I just show up and, and try to try to pick it up where all these other guys are, are way more experienced. So, um, yeah, I got my butt kicked a whole lot. So, but I, I, I loved it. It was, uh, the, the satisfaction out of it was a completely different feeling than any other athletic event I did. I played football and, uh, you know the the whole swimming stuff. So going into going into wrestling for me was uh, it wasn't really about the the, the wins and the losses. It was just getting to getting to be in that arena was 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 enough of a motivator for me to to keep on wrestling. Was the physicality was that the allure for you? Was it that, was okay. yeah yeah because you can play football. That's that's physical too, but it is a team sport. But when you're when you're out there. In that singlet, it, it's just you and your opponent. And I, I was always a pretty like aggressive kid, mm-hmm. and so I, I, I think it was a good outlet for me. Like, uh, and I was really like ADHD too, and so like, um, I, I tried a bunch of other sports like baseball. Like I couldn't, I couldn't play ba- baseball to save my life. Like I got so bored, couldn't do it. Um, but the the i mean it's it's constant there there's constant you know interaction and you know somebody's literally in your face and so i i love that aspect of it i I love the physicality of it and so yeah it just really drew me to it even though i wasn't very good what was your coach's name high school (sighs) 
That's a that's a good so question. Minkle? No, that's that was my college coach. My, okay. my high school okay. coach. Like, so uh, we didn't really have a good program. <laughs> like, okay. okay. <laughs> I was, like, I don't even. Uh, I, I take this back. His name was Royal because it was weird. Royal Burnell um, was was my high school coach, but like we. It was a, it was a brief moment in time before right. you got to Michigan State. Okay. Yeah, and and I uh, it we weren't we weren't good. Um, we had a few. I would say we we had a full lineup, but we didn't even have a, a wrestling room. Like we would have to roll wrestling mats out in the auxiliary gym to have practice, and then after practice would have to roll them back up. Like it it wasn't. I don't know. We were a very secondary sport compared to you know right. other people had their their own venues to practice, and we. We just borrowed the, the the gym in between basketball practices, basically. My high school didn't. We didn't even have a wrestling team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, we were lucky in that that regard. So, um, I, I wrestled a couple of years in high school, and I I thought my I, I really liked football. I thought I was going to be a football player, and I got recruited to some D two D three schools, and for one reason or another, they didn't quite work out, and I decided. Well, I'm, Michigan State was was a family school, and so I'm 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 just going to go to Michigan State as as a student. And I go to I go to my football coach. I had a pretty good relationship with him, and I'm like, hey, coach, I'm going to Michigan State, thinking about walking onto the football team, and he's like, no, <laughs> no, you you should not do that. <laughs> and I'm like why he's like you are not good enough <laughs> he's like you're not big enough yeah. you're not fast enough yeah and i was like ah, well thanks for crushing my dreams coach uh all right and then like i said I, di- I didn't have that that same kind of relationship with my wrestling coach so but it in that wasn't even in my head like i i'd only been wrestling a couple years so like I didn't think I had any business even thinking about that. So I go to, I go to Michigan state as a student and I'm there for, uh, for my orientation. And there's a kid in my orientation group. Um, I'll never forget his name uh, because he was the, the, the uh, catalyst for me walking on. Uh, he was a couple time state champion for, for Michigan state. And he was talking about wrestling there. And I was like, and it just, and I don't know what made me say it, but I was like, oh, I'm thinking about walking on the wrestling team. <laughs> it just popped out of your mouth? <laughs> because up until that point. Because it's so easy to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, and I, I think I just had like these delusions of <laughs> adequacy. Um, like I was not, I, not even delusions of granted. Like I was like, oh, I'm, I'm Well, total- I think you hit on this one though. <laughs> this well, illusion panned out. Yeah. So. Well, so I, I, uh, I, I, I tell him like, Oh, I'm thinking he's, he goes, Oh really? Have you, uh, you talked to coach Minkle, the mm-hmm. the head wrestling coach? And I was like, who? <laughs> he, and he's like, oh. and he, he really like blows me off and kind of like scoffed at me. He's like, whatever. And I was like, well, screw you, man. I'm, I'm going to talk to him right now. So I, I actually, I abandoned my, uh, my orientation group. You know, I'm, they're taking us around, showing us campus, all that. I'm like, whatever. I'm, I'm, I got to go find the wrestling room. So, and it was because of this kid. He was like, yeah, whatever. You're not, you're not wrestling here. So I go, I go to find the, I go to find the wrestling office, graduated high school in 1992. <clears throat> and so I go knock on the, uh, on the coach's door. Nobody answers and the, the secretary is right next door. And she's like, can, can I help you? And, 
Uh, I was like, I'm looking for Coach Mickle. Mickle, like I don't even know his his real name. And she's like, Oh, Coach Minkle? Yeah, he's in Barcelona. And I'm a dumb kid. I don't know any. Like I don't even know. Like I'm not even paying attention. 1992 Barcelona Summer Olympics. Yeah, I'm like, so I, I have no idea. So I was like, oh, really? What's he doing in Barcelona? And she goes, oh. Vacationing. <laughs> yeah. She goes, oh, he's the head Olympic coach for the uh, Greco-Roman Olympic team. And I'm like, oh, crap. Is that so? Um, <laughs> and so I was like, all right, thank, thank you. Bye. And I was like, you will never see me again. And so I leave, and I, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed because I'm like, I can't couldn't even wrestle in high school let alone for the head olympic coach like there's no way he'll laugh me out of his office i this is not i'm just gonna be a student so i go home there's a week in between orientation and when classes start and my my dad kind of talks me back into it he's like what's what's the worst what's the worst can happen like you go talk to him and he says no you're already no worse off than you are right now so you might as well give yourself a chance I mean that's that's solid logic. So I go um, I go back to his office and this, he's he's back from Barcelona and I knock on his door and he uh, he he ushers me in and I said, Coach, my name is Brian Piccolo. I want to wrestle for Michigan State. And he goes, Sit down. And I was like, <laughs> and he's a little guy. Like knowing him now, like he's like this small little like grandfatherly kind of guy. And but like I was so intimidated. Like he was six seven 300 pounds in my mind i was like yeah he's the head olympic coach so uh um i, I sit down and he goes what what makes you think you can wrestle for michigan state and uh i had <laughs> nothing like so i told him I was like well i uh i really i really love wrestling and he's like perfect all right good that, that's, that's a start yeah he, he goes if you, if you're gonna wrestle at this level you you you've got to have that and so he's like, what else? And I was like, that's it. <laughs> and so um, he's like, well, what, what, are, what are your accolades? What, what, what have you done? And I was like, ah, coach, I haven't done anything. I, I just started wrestling like a year and a half ago. I've never even qualified for a high school state meet. And so and he, had, he had like a, a folder out, and he was, he was going to take notes over my accolades and why I, w- I should wrestle there. And I just remember he like closed it and put it on the table, and I was like, oh, here we go. Um, this, this is where he goes, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. And he goes, tell you what, we have a, an open-door policy to walk-ons, and if you can survive preseason, you can stay on the team. And so I'm, I'm like, I'm ecstatic. Like, I'm, I'm going to make it. Like, I, I, he, he's going to let me on the team. And so I shake his hand. I'm like, oh, thank you, coach. Thank you, thank you. And so I leave. And then in my head, it just, like, kind of rewinds back to all you got to do is survive. And don't so die. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that was my my whole thing. I was like, don't don't die. And you're like, wait, how many – how many people die during preseason? Like, how hard <laughs> is this preseason where all you got to do is survive and you make the team? And so I'm like, all right, uh, surely, surely I can I can live. Like, I'm going to live through preseason. And that was that was really my only my only mission was was to not die. <laughs> so I, I survived and, and I, I made that that first year on the team. Suffering. Did you suffer? I so I was so bad. Um, I was so bad. I had no business being there. Um, obviously, like not even qualifying for a high school state meet. There's, there's, 
several time time state champs that can't make it. You know, and, and like I wasn't I wasn't even on their level. And so I, I I had no business being in the room. I had no idea what I was doing. I was very clumsy. Um, I was like erratic with my movements and they even came up with a name uh which they, they dubbed getting piccoloed. Um, so they, they eventually, you know, after, after I made it, they, they eventually put it on a t-shirt and put a definition down at the bottom. It said pick load, any awkward or unintentional technique that causes injury, like a headbutt to the face, a poke to the eye, a knee to the groin. So I pick a load everybody in that room, including my coaches. Um, and so, yeah, I was, I was just, I was kind of a spaz and I was pretty hated on because of that. Uh, so I, I, I had a lot of work to do. Um, but the, the circumstances were just, were perfect because I had a coach that kind of took me under his wing and well, and here's, so because, because I was like that, they tried to weed me out. They, they tried to basically show me the door in a way, uh, that was, it should be understood by by a regular person in that situation like i'm i'm getting i'm not just getting uh beat up like i'm getting uh, tortured uh i got waterboarded with sweaty t-shirts like just putting like a sweaty t-shirt in your mouth um you know as as you're on your back and they're they're pinning you just like draping the 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 sweaty t- and so i'm like i'm trying to breathe sweaty air through you know through somebody's disgustingly wet and sweaty t-shirt so um and and just absolutely getting getting destroyed so much so that i tore my shoulder out of socket uh and i i ended up having to have shoulder surgery and so and i didn't realize this but right before um right before i was about to get cut uh, I came to I came to the coach and because so what would happen is I, I would take a bad shot and somebody would sprawl on me and my shoulder would come out of socket and I would scream and uh, the the trainers the trainers would come in and most of the time my shoulder would go right back into socket sometimes it would stick out and they have to excuse me pull on my arm and put it back in and so I would be out for a day or two and then I'd come right back wrestling again and i'd do the same i'd do a bad shot somebody sprawl my shoulder come out of socket i would scream and we'd start this whole cycle and so coach minkle just got tired of the screaming (laughs) and so he's like ah this kid does not know well enough just to go away uh i'm gonna i'm gonna have to cut him so well it happens that right before he cuts me i come to him and it's right before christmas break and i come to him like hey coach i uh I'm getting mispracticed. I, I got to have shoulder surgery. And I remember he's like, he like pats me on the shoulder. He's like, good luck, kid. And that was he's like, thought sure, he made his yeah, job easier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he thought, like, ah, oh, good. Finally, this kid's going to go away. And he knows <laughs> he should know not to come back. Um, but I did not know to not come back. So I have, I have, I have shoulder surgery. And in my, uh, in my, just exuberance and wanting to be there. I show back up. I still got staples in my arm. My arm's in a sling. And I come to I come to practice. I'm like, hey, coach, sorry for missing practice. I had surgery. And he's like, 
God. Dang it. Why won't this kid go away? And uh, Like a bad penny. Yeah. <laughs> Turn it up. He keeps coming back. Uh, and so you know, he, he allowed me to stay on the team that year. And yeah, I, I really kind of muddled my way through. I didn't didn't have a whole lot of success just because I, I was spending a whole lot of time doing rehab and all that stuff, trying to get my shoulder back. But then the the next year, um, or the, the that summer, they 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 called me back to school. Like, if you're serious about wrestling, um, you, you need to live you need to live back here full time. So um, that was that was kind of where the the relationship with my assistant coach developed because he he kind of uh took me under his wing and, and really built me from scratch was that coach dean yeah uh yeah dave okay. dean um which if anybody follows wrestling gabe his son was a couple time national champ for uh for cornell and then his son max is wrestling for uh penn state right now what do you feel you learned most from coach dean as a person and as a, a wrestler uh, well as a person, he he taught me so many things uh, that that didn't really have anything to do with it. And being a young kid, and really, I mean, I was I was green and naive, and I, I didn't have a lot of uh, street smarts or book smarts. I mean, the, the the guy taught me so much, just like how to do things right the first time, how how to. Um, how to follow through with your commitments. Um, and he was, he was, he was just a good mentor as to how somebody should, should lead their life. You know, he was a great father, great husband. Um, you know, was just an animal working out. Uh, and he, he had a passion for what he did. And so I, I try to glean all that stuff from him. He absorbed it like a sponge. It sounds yeah. like a good, great role model. He had a strategy he created for you, right? The wear and tear in the third period. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Can you explain that. So I wasn't, you know, starting so late in uh, in, in wrestling. I wasn't ever going to be a technician. I, I wasn't going to be the most talented guy out there. But uh, I could I could turn it into a fight, and I was going to be tougher than you in a fight. Um, because like when it turns into a brawl, a lot of times all that technical stuff kind of goes out the window. So I didn't want to wrestle somebody's technical side. So it was in your face, smash mouth, um, just hand fighting and just really a brutal style of wrestling that was, was kind of developed by Iowa, Dan Gable, and then, uh, Jay Robinson, his coach was, a coach under Gable. So Dave got it from J Rob, J Rob got it from Gable. And then I got it from, from Dave. So it was like this, this kind of uh, family tree of goes all the way back to, to Gable. So, mm-hmm. um, and, it, it, and they, they still, Iowa still wrestles like that today. If you watch the Iowa guys, just a, a nonstop, uh, very aggressive uh, hand fights and, and just a, a pressure, based offense um you know whereas some some of the other schools rely a little more on, on slickness yeah you're not going to see that it's just going to be in your face and so that, that was my that was my whole my whole goal is i wanted you to get so tired that you sucked as bad as me and then i beat you when we we're at at an even playing field so <laughs> like I, I i was never going to make your level so i need to make you as bad as me and then i can beat you at my level well, when you ugly it up and you just it turned into 
from a non-technical fight, yeah, it just throws people off of their game. Absolutely, it it, it made people really frustrated because they yeah. could never get to their good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I made it a grimy, dirty just nasty we probably pissed them off too and they just oh, they got so frustrated and angry that it's when they wanted to just kill you yeah oh and, yeah but they but that took them off their technical their game plan which was perfect yeah, for me. yeah. I, and my 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 goal every time uh i wrestled was win or lose i wanted that person to never want to wrestle me again I, I i wanted them to hate it and so which which gave me ammo for the next time because they know what what the next time's going to be like. It sounds like those was your teammates and under Minkle in the preseason too. They didn't want to, they want to run your ass off. Right. Yeah. Well, and it, it, it was, uh, it, it became well, that, 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 that whole style really kind of took off with, with our whole program. You know, like everybody had that kind of grimy style because we, we weren't the, the most highly recruited group, but, but we couldn't, we could fight with everybody. Well, but when anybody came to the Michigan state, they they knew oh, they were going to be a fight. fight. Yeah, yeah, it was going to be a fight. Did you ever get to compete against a guy from orientation? No, he was a little. He was a littler guy, Blair. Okay. But he didn't make it. He, I think, he lasted two years and then ended up quitting. So, um, yeah, he I, he was like a one thirty four pounder. But wow. yeah, so yeah, never, never, never saw him again after. Well, he he was there for a couple years and decided he it wasn't for him and went on and did some other stuff. I don't think people understand how impossible it is to walk on, and then end your career as a two-time All-American and a Big Ten champion. So it's <laughs> funny you say that. Uh, Minkle came down. Uh, NCAAs were in uh, were in Oklahoma City in 2013 or 2014. And he came down, and we went out to dinner with him. And he, he, he told me the story. He's like, you know, you ruined me as a coach. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I, I thought it was like a feather in your cap. Like, he goes, he goes, he goes, I was always looking for the next Piccolo. He goes, I, <clears throat> because of what you did, I thought there's got to be another one. There's got to be another one. And, you know, for, for however many years, another 15, 20 years that he spent after I left, he, he never found another. He's like, I was always looking for that diamond in the rough. He's like, I, I never found it. Sounds like the ultimate compliment, though, yeah, from a coach is. like that. Right. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. But, <laughs> but when he said it, I was like, what? Like, how, how did I ruin, how did I ruin your, your coaching career? Or he, how did I ruin you as a coach? But it was just his, you know, he, his way of saying that, yeah, there was, it, it was an impossible feat that, that, that he hasn't seen duplicated. Did you ever get his first thoughts on the, y'all's first meeting? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's so in, <laughs> we went after, Later on. <laughs> after I had made it. Yeah. Um, and, and I wrestled with him one time and he, he's a littler guy and he, he absolutely beat the crap out of me. And, uh, it, he, I think he, he wrestled in college, maybe one thirty four, And so I'm, I'm a 190 pounder and he, he, completely dismantled to me and he was probably 45 at the time as well so he's he's an older guy little and he just he beat the crap and he was like yeah this kid is never gonna make it and so uh that was his his initial thoughts and then uh you know as as i got into the room and and, and did all the 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 dislocating and the scream he's like all right this kid's just gotta go he's 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 clearly not but he goes yeah you you, you proved everything i knew you proved all that wrong. You, were you from a wrestling family? 
No, no. Because you've created a wrestling family now, and most people are from wrestling families. Right. I was, yeah, I was, I'm first, first generation wrestler. Okay. Um, yeah, my, my, nobody in my family ever wrestled. Uh, but because of what wrestling has done for me, I wanted, I wanted that for my kids. J- just to know, to, to feel the, the 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 hard work and to to put all of your efforts in to something knowing that it still might not be enough and to to feel the you know the, to be cliche the the agony of defeat and to to have to rise above that and to that there there's so many things uh as far as making uh i think good strong mentally tough human beings that that wrestling does i was like that they're gonna have sure. to do it so uh and my, my daughter did it as well i was um, gonna ask that if you, if you yeah. had her in there so well she all my kids started doing judo first and then we transitioned into wrestling after and so um but yeah m- my daughter wrestled a couple times um and my my proudest i think the the proudest i've ever been of her was so you know she's she's soccer player going on to play soccer at uh Oklahoma State and she's great at track too, right? Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, yeah uh, state From champ in the hurdles. Um, <laughs> and so she she decides she tells me she's like I th- I think I want to come out for for wrestling. And I'm like why? She goes I just, I feel like I lost some of my edge. And I was like what? <laughs> wow. Well, because when she was doing judo, she's she's fighting boys every day, and she just has this like this grit and this like you, you unflappable. You can't. She's she's not going to be bothered by much when she's getting into a hand to hand combat situation with with you know a, a bunch of guys and so she's like I, I feel like I lost some of my edge I, I I need to get that back and so she she comes out for wrestling her senior year and does great one wins our our conference tournament and was, yeah she did she did fantastic and so she's like all right I got my edge back. I'm going to soccer. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, no, you, you can't be done yet. She's like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I got what I needed. Now I'm going back to, so, uh, yeah, we've, we've used wrestling, uh, to, to teach a lot of lessons. And so yeah, I'm, I'm glad all my kids have, have, have gotten something from it. What brought you to OU, <clears throat> the promised land? Uh, a job. Um, just, so, um, I, I had, I, I wanted to continue wrestling and really about the only way that that you can continue to to compete is to to get an assistant coaching job and so i was a grad assistant at michigan state but wasn't getting paid anything going to grad school and the uh assistant coaching job opened up at ou and i i came down here on, on on a visit almost like a recruiting visit and saw what they had and, and who was in the program and, and just the, the, the people that were involved is like post-grads that were continuing to wrestle. And so I was like, yeah, this is, this is where I need to be. So I, I took the job and, and started wrestling or started coaching for, for Jack Spates. How was it coaching collegiate athletes? I, I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> um, I, I, I miss it a little bit or I, I have missed it over the past several years just because that level um it comes down to like the really finite details and which it sounds weird because i was not a 
you know, I, I was not a technician, but as I, as I evolved in, and stayed in wrestling, I, I got <clears throat> to, to be, I, I think a pretty technical person and to be able to share the little things that was, that was what I, I enjoyed most. Um, you know, I, I've got to coach at, at really every level from, from little kids all the way up through college and, and being able to share just the, the, the small details that make a big difference, um, which in, in high school, junior high, little league, you're still teaching the, the big chunks, the, the blocks, um, and, and don't get to, <clears throat> I don't know, the, like the, the good stuff. You know, you're always, you're always teaching the, the mashed potatoes. You never get to the gravy. And so like, I, I kind of like getting, getting to the gravy with those guys. Sure. So how did you decide to become a cop? <sighs> right along. <laughs> went on a ride along um it must have been a hell of a ride along <laughs> so apparently it was like the most boring night of this cop's life and uh, which you know taking a bunch of people on ride alongs i've 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 learned that a, a boring night for us is really yeah. pretty substantial for for a bunch of people so i went on a ride it, it was a guy in our, our our sunday school class and uh i, I went on a ride along and I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I need to do this. And so. Um, what was it about it? The change. Uh, like going from one thing to the next and having no idea what that was going to be and what it was going to be like, like that. That was that was something that I was like, all right, yes. Uh, never going to have the same day twice. Uh, you know, you, you can go to the same house multiple times in one night and it's going to be something. To, and so. I, I liked I liked the the challenge of of that. I liked the the idea of the unknown, um, and I, I don't know. I, I felt I, I felt like that that was a job that not everybody could do. It and if I wouldn't do it, who else would? And so, like I, I felt like it was I, I was I was called to do that. So without. <clears throat> um, I, I, I really feel like I had the tools to be good at it and um, I, I couldn't I couldn't ignore that that feeling I had from that ride along and then talking to Beck and like hey I, I, I think I want to make this change and uh, I don't know that she was on board right away just you know sure. uh, with the the worry that comes with with being a you know a cop's wife so um but you know, we, we talked about it a lot and I, I think she understood that like this was this was it wasn't going to be a job and it wasn't going to be a career. It was more like a calling like th like this is this is something that that is me, but I didn't know it was me until i got introduced to it and then it was like okay like i don't kind of like wrestling like wrestling was all me i didn't even know it was me until i get introduced to it and i was like that's 100 percent me and then i i didn't know police work was me until i got introduced to it it was like yep that is and so uh kind of jumping into those things and maybe that's just a a character trait i have or what but um I've been lucky to to fall into a couple different things where uh, I I feel like I was tailor made for them and, and had no idea until I was knee deep in it. Well, to be an officer, you have to be mentally tough and sharp, and you have to right. You, you have to be able to compartmentalize a lot of 
Absolutely. a lot of shit and put it away. Yeah. And the same with wrestling. You, you talked about losing. There, there is value in defeat. Oh, without a doubt. And and the same with police work. You're going to have people mf you up and down, sure. and you have to keep a smile and and you have to handle it within guidelines and boundaries and then also you might get out there i doubt you had you had too many people that whipped your ass grappling but <laughs> you could lose a foot chase oh know? yeah no i definitely lost and, and, and you have to it's a loss i'm gonna learn from it i'm gonna take better angles right and be tougher and and go at it a different way and that i i, I guarantee you that that mindset that you that you sharpened at michigan state it, segue you right into this career and this profession it had to have i think i think without a doubt um going through that i and, you know i talked about dan gable before but the all-time winningest coach in ncaa history in anything um you know he said once you've wrestled everything else is easy and so i think i was absolutely prepared more than most because of the the things that and I, I think if you come through as a high level athlete and um you know you you're 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 recruited and you you come to the table with with all that stuff i, I still think you're going to be really prepared but starting from the bottom and then coming through like the hardest way possible yeah i think i was i was really 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 prepared to deal with a lot of stuff little a lot of adversity and heck my coach used to talk about like adversity training like we he would make things purposefully hard to go you know what your life your life is not going to be perfect your matches aren't going to be perfect we're going to we're going to throw you a curveball so that you have to deal with something and rise above it and so and you know, like going through the the academy, going through SWAT school, going through you know tryouts and and uh, of the motors of uh, the 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 sniper school, all all the the things that I've done on the department, um, I, I relate back to adversity training. And so, sure. if 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 I can if I can make my life uncomfortable now in a sterile environment. And just get used to that un, that discomfort. Well, then when it counts, it's not going to be nearly as much of a shock. And so, uh, yeah, I, I I got to do that in a in several different areas. And I, I think I was absolutely prepared for for police work because of that. Well, mental preparation is so important in police work. No, you, for had, sure. you had to just visualize and and in some ways imagine how a situation could unfold. That way, at least you're mentally prepared for two out of three scenarios that poss the possibilities. Right. Well, it, I think it was Grossman talked about like, uh, you know, the, uh, the, like you, you're defeated twice because, um, if you don't, uh, I forgot how he put it, but basically <clears throat> you, you lose and you, you lost because you weren't prepared. I, I, th I think that was the, the thing that he was, he was trying to get across of, of, of being prepared prepared and if you're not prepared you lose psychologically and you're also going to lose that battle and right. so uh, yeah I, I, preparation is 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 huge and so <clears throat> I, I i love combat sports for that for that reason and i i still continue to train i'm 47 but i do jujitsu three days a week uh at our at our police academy and so um getting to 
stay comfortable in in a fight, you know, in, in a fight with rules, I, I think uh, allows me to stay prepared, allows me to to be comfortable when things get really, really bad, because I've got guys that will put me in really bad situations, um, you know, and we, we uh, you know, <clears throat> when we train, obviously, there's joint locks and, and chokes and, uh, you know, <clears throat> somebody gets your back and puts a puts a choke they have the option of not letting you go free, you, you know. But but you know, you, you put a lot of trust in your partner's hands. Where obviously uh, on the street, they're probably not going to do that. So you you get to deal with uh, you, you get to deal with some of the worst possible situations you're ever going to be in, and 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 learn learn how to work out of it. So you know, I went from from wrestling and then into judo, and then now later on uh, because I'm I'm fatter, slower. Um, I've, I've kind of evolved into jujitsu where I can, uh, I don't have to be as fast or as athletic and I can, I can rely uh, on, on, on some more skill. Uh, and so, but, but yeah, staying, staying in a fight, uh, is, is paid dividends for me over my career. Do you feel having a MMA and grappling background would be more beneficial to officers and and law enforcement and subduing suspects and controlling the situation as opposed to, you know, Andrew Yang, I believe he, he believes that every, I don't think it's feasible that every law enforcement officer have a, you said Brown, a blue belt. Yeah. Yeah. Blue belt, blue belt and jits. Yeah. Yeah, That would quell a lot of deadly force confrontations and and going escalating because he can't control it at, at a lower level. Right. What do you, what do you think about that? I'm, I'm a huge proponent of training. Um, you know, that's in as far as having hand to hand skills. I think jujitsu is absolutely fantastic. Judo is absolutely fantastic. And yeah, you, you, you get to have a completely separate, uh, set of skills that if, if you don't train, I put it like this, you don't know what you don't know. And so until you get into those situations, you don't know that you are incapable of controlling somebody. And so being able to put yourself in those situations where, again, it's, 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 a, it's a sterile environment, it's safe, it's you and your training partner, but you, you, get, to, you get to mock up and, and work your way through some, some dangerous situations, it, 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 it develops confidence in, muscle memory in, yeah yeah well absolutely <clears throat> you're, you're gonna have those skills and then just your, your confidence and you know we, we all know how uh confidence taking you know take taking confidence into a room <clears throat> can get you out of out of a fight you know and so uh, just knowing who you are and what your what your skill level is <clears throat> brings a lot of uh, uh, deterrent in itself. At least you know your limitations and what you actually need True. to work on. Right. Some people don't know their limitations. Right, yeah. Like I said, yeah, you, you, people don't know what they don't know. And so in, in, until it's too late, and then that's... Then they're on the news. Then Yeah, and, then they're and, on the news, that, and yeah. then they, they have to escalate to a way higher use of force uh, because th- they were unprepared for a particular situation. And so, yeah, I, I, I want I want officers to train. And my, my department has been great for us because we our, our police training center, we have uh, we have our gym and then <clears throat> we have probably three or four 
black belts in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. And then there's three of us that are black belts in Judo as well. And we have free training for anybody that wants to come. It's We train three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, lunchtime training. And we allow whoever wants to come train, come train with us. And like th- there's probably not a better cadre of in- instructors in the country as far as the the level of of instruction that they get and then it's free just come train but we have you know our departments 1200 1200 sworn officers we get 30 yeah you know and so with which That's is a little bit li- little bit frustrating yeah it's um, frustrating but i wonder how many people eventually show up and they go out and get their ass kicked or get in a bad situation i mean that's you would think you would hope that's what people would look at like i, I need to get i clearly need to get better in in fighting and in ground up fighting and grappling and these guys are offering it for free right well the the problem is is when you come in there you're gonna get humbled there too that's fine you'd really get humbled there than exactly. out the streets exactly yeah, absolutely oh. absolutely but <laughs> the 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 ego for people is uh, especially cops especially <laughs> cops they 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 would rather live with this um denial mentality of ah, yeah I'll be fine I can handle it well you you go train with us and you train with somebody that's been been there for 6 months and you get absolutely mopped that should be a clue that ah, maybe I should be training too rather than you get mopped you're like oh, this isn't for me I I the the ego gets in the way and so it's uh it, it, that's that's one of the the biggest problems that I see is is guys will come start training and then we'll we'll do force on force we we go live I, you, to to do a technique slow motion is great initially but then if you can't do it when somebody doesn't want you to and they're physically fighting you then it's it, it's all you know it's all conception and no no realism and so we, we we go live we go hard and so they get they get exposed as to their weaknesses and then they would rather live in denial than come back and go i need i need to shore that stuff up i i, I need to to make sure this doesn't happen again they just go uh i'll, I'll go lift i'll go i'll go to the weight room well they do that they do the firearms if, if you're lacking in firearm you know right efficiency you, you go out and you practice you, you would think that would be the mentality. Under stress. Yes, under stress. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think enough emphasis, and, and you see it happening more and more. There's more emphasis placed on the combatives and the defensive tactics and stuff. But we put we put a lot of stress, or we emphasize firearms. You know, we got to go train. We have to we have to requalify. You know, our guys go through CDT in the academy, and then that's it. Good luck for your career. You know, we don't we, we don't have a whole lot of 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 re uh, you know going back through getting getting updates or anything like that. So it it just ends up. And how how much does that stuff evolve over a career? You know, like the when I started in in my academy, the the CDT that we teach now is is nowhere it, it doesn't even resemble what you know what, what we're teaching now so um yeah it 
Fighting Evolves. Tell our listeners what CDT is. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, for for us, it's our defense defensive yeah. tactics, uh, custody control, defensive tactics. Yeah, we we just call CDT. Um, so, but it, fighting evolves. Our, our our custody and control evolves. But you know, guys go through guys go through to the academy. You know, I went through 19, 20 years ago, and that's it. We're, we're just supposed to roll with what we got, you know, in a, in a six month Academy 20 years ago, it's just, it's not enough. And so, and, and that was <clears throat> one of my goals when, when I was at our police Academy was, it was trying to establish like, Hey, we, we have, we have the facilities, we have the instructors, let's bring more people on board. Let's get, let's get as many people to, to come train as possible. And our department is supportive in that they, they allow us to, to do it, but it's not like, Hey, Everybody needs to go, you know, do sector training, but, you know, it's it, no, nothing's mandated. Well, it usually doesn't become a problem until it's a problem and it's right. on the news and everybody has a knee jerk reaction and then they wonder how this happened and, and then everybody wants to armchair quarterback it. Right. Well, and then, you know, every, everybody gets uh, worried about uh, on the job injuries and stuff like that. If, if, if we, yeah. if we mandate, you know, we, we mandate a whole bunch of people to go do uh, defensive tactics training and now you get 16 people on light duty. Uh, well, that that's going to end real quickly as well. So. Sure. Did any of your training, you've been to a, in a lot of positions. Sure. Did anything challenge you? Um, d- on the department? Yeah. Um, everything, everything had its own challenges. I mean, that's like a total PC answer. But uh, Well, being uh, a sniper, it goes against your skill set. It's very patient. It's very delicate. It's intricate. That, I think, again, that's, that's what drew me to it. Because I've never done anything. Like, I wasn't a military guy. Um, but I, I, I want to... I want to do everything that I've never done, <laughs> you know? And so I want, I, I, I want as, as many experiences within this human realm as possible. And so that was, yeah, I, I spent two years as a door kicker and I was like, all right, <laughs> I, uh, uh, th- that's cool. And I, when I was, uh, when I did undercover stuff, um, we, we served all of our own warrants mm-hmm. as well. And so, I got to kick in a ton of doors with with our impact unit. So, using you know, the ram, I uh, I I was we had we always had we call it our slam. Yeah. We 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 always had bets. If it took more than three, like you had like a hundred push ups or something. Okay. So yeah, like um, I was I was I was slam a few times. I had to do some push ups a couple of times. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was uh, um, th- those those were fun days kicking the doors again just not a lot more in life that can be more exciting because you have no idea what's on the other side of that door. Um, but you know, to, to go back to the whole sniper thing, I, I, I loved the sniper, the, the, the sniper training because it was something so different from, yeah, I'm like really high speed, like, ah, you know, I'm right. Uh, and so getting to do that and, and forcing myself to, you know, control my breath and, you know, do do the things that are are, are going to really control accuracy. Uh, it was it, because it was so different. I, I loved it. So yeah, I. Well, and, and motor school is one of the hardest schools nationwide. Motor school was tough. Now. It was it was way tougher than I thought. Um, I would say motor school was was probably the toughest, if not you know, on par with probably our 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 our, our SWAT school. Did you feel pressure? 
Oh, a ton of pressure. A ton <laughs> of pressure. Um, and it's all self-imposed. And it's, sure. But it, it's – the things you're doing in the motor school is, is so – I don't know, like – all your natural instincts are absolutely wrong. You know, like everything you want to do, don't do that. I'm like, so, like look down. Yeah, like <laughs> there's there's a cone right there. Don't look at it. But it's right there, uh, and you you find yourself staring at it. And they're like, don't look at the cone. I'm like, I can't not look. I'm look-. and you run into it. So, uh, <laughs> you know the 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 things that that are are natural to you were were completely wrong, and you had to retrain all those things and. Uh, and again, I, I loved it. I, I wasn't, I wasn't the best in our school, but, uh, um, uh, made it through, uh, you know, had to, had to grind there. I, maybe that's a theme with my life. Just had to like gut it out kind of grimy, kind of gritty, but, <laughs> but made it work overall. And so your neck was flexible enough to turn your head that much. They made fun <laughs> of me so bad about that. Um, like turn your head. I'm like, turn your head. I'm like, that's as far as I can go. It's a big neck yeah. to be turning your head that much. Yeah. They, I, I did get rasped for not being able to turn my head. Um, and then, yeah, they're like, you're going to bend the handlebars. Cause I'm, I'm out there just, you know, giving it hell. And, you know these guys as they're demonstrating they're flowing through like they could be uh, a 90 pound woman and it would be be nothing for them and i'm out there just and like and they're like you're gonna break the handlebars and i'm just muscling everything and so i'm finally like having to learn how to not muscle you know which you know my, my whole life has been muscling and so yeah turning turning that aspect off was was difficult but you know once you finally get it then it's like oh you've been saying that exact same thing for two weeks now i get it so but I, yeah it was I, I i enjoyed i enjoyed that um any like detective work was was a challenge sure um and I, I worked in domestic violence, so there's not a lot of, uh, not a, a lot of detective work per se because it's you know, busy though. By nature of of the crime, you know who did it, so um, it wasn't wasn't a whole bunch of whodunits. But yeah, it was yeah it was a beat down rep after rep. Yeah, just grinding out, yeah, uh, case after case after case. I mean, we would, I would come in and on uh, on a Monday and have like seven holds. You know, seven guys in jail, you know, holds for state charges. And, uh, yeah, you got to get them interviewed today or they're kicking them. And I was like, oh, crap, I got seven interviews. So um, just doing, being able to schedule, not schedule, but but work through all that, the the stuff that is is required with that. Um, that was That was tough, so. Your energy's out the roof, and look at all these things that you've done. How in the world have you kept a marriage and produced some incredible kids? Um, well, I mean, that's... I would say uh, I'll I give a lot of credit to my wife. Uh, she's she's definitely the, the glue uh, of, of our family. Um, you know, she... I am, I am incomplete without her. And and I know that. And in what way? Uh, she's good at everything I suck at, uh, <laughs> and so we we complement each other really well. Um, and so I think without uh, without her and her 
attention to detail and her ability to uh, schedule and organize, I would be I would be an absolute mess. As would my family if 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 our family was was left to my uh, ability to to do those things, uh, it would I don't think we would have turned out nearly nearly like we have. So yeah, she's in. I think just complete dedication. You know, we we got into uh, we got into this with with the idea of there's 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 no there's no outs. We're we're in it and we're gonna figure it out. And you know, obviously, with with being a cop's wife and and all the things that 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 come with that, there's there's you know there's been peaks and valleys and 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 learning how to work through that stuff together. But with, without the without the idea of uh, we're, you know we're, we're we're gonna take it out you know we're, we're <clears throat> it's just we're we're gonna battle we're gonna battle through whatever problems we have together you've coached recruits you've coached young wrestlers but you've coached your kids yeah and you have a lot of self-imposed pressure that you talked about yeah how did you juggle that with with coaching your own kids well, I screwed up a lot uh, <laughs> early on, but I think I was able to to learn the 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 hard lessons early early to to not screw them up. Um, <laughs> Obviously, which, not. You have two valedictorians sitting here. Well, <laughs> I, I I wanted to to be able to play both roles really well. I wanted to be a dad and I wanted to be a coach. And sometimes wearing the dad hat, you got to love them up and hug them and tell them the coach is, is, is a butthole. Um, but sometimes that's me. And so, sure. and so in other times, you know, as a coach, I, I've, I've got to tell them, Hey, you are not doing what you need to do. Like, so trying to balance that, um, was hard and I, I screwed it up several times because I tried to be I tried to be coach sometimes when they needed to be dad and uh, I, I think it was harder for me to take the coach hat off and just be dad for for a lot of things that 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 I kind of screwed up on and then as as I kind of matured in my coaching career and kind of figured some things out I, I was able to 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 switch roles a little bit easier and I think that was just knowing when it was time to turn it off and and just uh just be dad uh i think that was the, one of the things that helped our relationship and then having really uh really high i don't want to say expectations high standards sure like if you are capable you should like if 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 your capabilities are here then that's that's where you, that's where your performance needs to be, and so, you know, Becky with her, you know, she's valedictorian and and uh, you know her her academic side, <laughs> like our kids. Well, your 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 standard is here, so and you can achieve that. So that's what you're gonna do, and then for uh, you know for me on the 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 athletic side, like you guys are, you have so much athleticism potential all that well this is this is your standard and so um that's where you should perform and so we i think just held them to held them to those standards and and didn't allow them to have uh excuses or uh let them just allow you know the 
human nature and the and the path of least resistance to to ever be an option. Like you, even if it even if it's hard, if it sucks, it's probably a good thing. You need to go through it. And so and just for us, it was is really being about how, or it was it was about being. Uh, unified in our in our front and sometimes heck we even we we would argue uh but it would be kind of behind their backs <laughs> so <laughs> when, whenever whenever we would uh pr- you know <clears throat> get onto them or, or discuss with with our kids it, we, we try to make it as unified as possible and if if we disagreed on something we, we try to not do it in front of them so they always saw us as is well mom says it this way dad says it this way that's the way it's going to be a team yeah exactly and so um i i, I think it it, it kind of worked out well i think being a uh, coaching your kids is a tough thing because i have a daughter she plays softball i've coached her and it's very tough because I see what she can do, and I expect her to always in how I got to turn it off and how I got to sugarcoat right. that. That being said, Joe and I have discussed that we know you could whip our ass. <laughs> can you take the kids, or can they take you, or how would that turn out know. if we ever got to uh, look at those ears? Look, at that look. yeah. So, <laughs> I, saw, I saw the ears when they came came in. You don't so mess with somebody's ears like that. <laughs> so I would say, until recently. I would, I would still, still be able to take him. However, Father Time is undefeated, and they're getting stronger and bigger and better, and I'm getting fatter and slower and older. So um, I, I think they, they have the, they definitely have the edge on me now. Is he a technician? Yeah, I was going to ask that too. They have your style or. So they're both like Cameron, my my oldest, is w- like way above my technical skill. Um, he's absolutely a technician. Um, Tate is is a pretty good combination of both. He's 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 a, a brawler, and um, but he uses he uses uh, his, his technical skill. Um, so I, I think the 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 molding of of like being very physical and having that technical skill is 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 worked really well for him. So he, I would say Cam is is definitely the 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 more technical of, of my two. Uh, but but Tate he's he's technical and has has that that physicality as well. I remember watching the wrestlers at OU carry each other up the stadium steps in the in the football stadium. Oh yeah 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 we did that. Run, running stairs in the stadium. And you coached at Mustang. So when, when Becky and I were at Mustang, um, there wasn't a heater in the, oh. in the gym. It was the old boiler. So our basketball practice, we had to start in sweats, and the wrestlers would be there just grinding it out, spitting in cups. Still don't, <laughs> <laughs> I still don't get that. Uh, spitting? I mean, that was just a, a way of, of losing some weight. Um, kids oh, would, really? Give me a cup. Well, <laughs> well, as soon as you drink, it's got yeah, uh, yeah. As soon as you take a drink, it's back. But um, yeah, they would do that for for weigh-ins. If you're like if you're a tenth over, sure. You know they try to spit out the last last tenth. So you guys are empty nesters now. Yeah. Grocery bill went down. Oh yeah, yeah. We, heck, we don't even hardly go to the grocery store anymore. <laughs> like it's it's almost non-existent. Yeah, compared to when when they were home. Golly, we're going through like three gallons of milk a week, uh, and yeah, now like a I, lot of eggs. Okay. Yeah, a lot of eggs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of milk, a lot of eggs, and now yeah, we we don't have yeah, not not anywhere near the the grocery bill. 
So we always ask, um, what is your why? Where, where you got your optimism, your toughness? What created that why? Man, that's a... Puts you on the spot. It does. Yeah. I, 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 I have... I think I have a couple whys. My... I think my biggest one was that I, I never felt good enough at, at, at I, I didn't have complete ownership or I wasn't, I wasn't as good at anything as I wanted to be. And so when I found wrestling, I was like, this can be it. I can be as good at this as I want to be. Like I, I had, I had control and whatever I put in, I saw reward. I saw results. And so I, I think not in, in my head, I had this idea, <laughs> I had this idea that I should be good at football or whatever, but I wasn't. <laughs> and, and it was like, I, 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 I finally found something that I could, I, I could go as far as my own limitations could take me, and I, I, I just wanted to run with that. And the, uh, the other thing really is, uh, and, and this goes is kind of a theme for my life. I, I like, I've always felt like time is running out. Like I, sure. I don't, like there's, a, there's not enough days in the year. There's not enough hours in the day for me to do everything I want to do. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to be here forever, but I want to experience as much as I can while I'm here and going all in, putting, putting all my, putting all my chips in just seemed like the right thing to do and the, the, the right way to get as much as experience as possible. Um, if you do things partially part way, you get, you know, partial results sure. and so i want and i feel like all the things that that i've done with with judo wrestling jujitsu i'm just i'm shoving <laughs> every hand i'm shoving all my chips in every single hand and because i i, I want to know i want to I, I want that that experience i, I want to know what it's like to to give everything i have um every time and so and I think that just comes from from the idea that I don't I'm not going to have enough time to do it again. So might as well go all in in this moment because I might not have another moment. That's very inspiring. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for. I know that you've inspired recruits. You've sure. had to have and made better police officers, and you've created three incredible human beings. And it's so we thank you. Oh, it, it's, it's 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 my place. You know, everybody loves to talk about themselves, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, it's cool to sit, you know, and, and especially in, in this, I've gotten to talk about wrestling on, on different occasions. I've gotten to talk about police work on different occasions, but I've never, I've never really molded the two together. Um, I think they so, go together. I, I, absolutely. It yeah, defines absolutely. you, both of them. It's who you are. Yeah, I, I think, I think without a doubt. And I think you've made police officers better because of it. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your service, and I'm I'm just inspired. Yeah. Thank you. Look at, looking at your legacy. I'm looking at most of your legacy sitting at the other end of the table. That's what you're leaving behind in, in life. Okay? Thank oh, if you. we only had a pegboard in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brian. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys.
Brother, hey sister, I'll never give up on you Hey Mrs. Hey Mister, I'll see this all the way through No matter how far the sun and the moon I'll never give up on you.